G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our last um, of season 2020 national final weekly Eurovision podcast update. Yeah, it's almost like the end of a chapter for 2020, isn't it? Now we're heading off to the big dance. We've got all the qualifiers out of the way. Yeah, so weeks and weeks of getting up at 3am in the morning on a Sunday, 4am in the morning has come to a close. So, no, that's been a good week. And I think the only other thing worth mentioning is obviously the coronavirus is popping up its head in Europe. Yes, we've had it down here for quite a, a while down in Asia, haven't we? But we? We really have, and we're all out of toilet paper down here as well. But <laughs> as we um, know right now, Eurovision's going ahead, nothing to worry about. The next lot of tickets are 26th of March. Mm-hmm. So, hey, tickets are being sold. So, all good right now. Let's wait and see how it all pans out. Absolutely. Take a deep breath, everybody. It's fine. And just remember to wash your hands. Indeed. All right. Off to the first <laughs> national final we're going to talk about, Michael. It's Sweden, isn't it? Of course. It's Melody Festival and came to an end this morning, Australian time. We do have a winner. It's the Mummers and Move. Well, in one of the closest Melody Festival and finishes we have seen in many a year, Dale, the Mummers took out the crown by one solitary point from Dotter. Wow, what a finish. What a finish. What a surprise. Mm. Look, the Mummers were always up there, but to me they were always the medalists, the third place, the fourth place, maybe runner-up. But to win, wow, big I would say a big upset there. Uh, Very popular, though. Very, very likable. And I think that's what has got them over the line here. I think their song was solid, but their performance was fantastic. Um, The choreography is so good. They spoke in an interview afterwards about how much they rehearse. And they're like, they, we don't know how much they rehearse. Yeah, that's that's why it looks effortless, I guess, because it's just so rehearsed so well, you know. Every little movement is absolutely perfect. So I do not begrudge them. I think maybe Dota had the more modern song, mm. but in the end, the Swedish people spoke by 0.1%, <laughs> and they chose the mummers. Absolutely. Couldn't be split after the international jury vote, dead heat for those two songs, and it was the slightest of margins that got them over the line. Look, I was listening to their song on my headphones today it's just vocally vocally impeccable though mm. absolutely impeccable these ladies were and that likability factor you know that was probably that 0.1 percent you yeah. know and i'm not going to say dotter wasn't likable no no, no 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 because it wasn't the i don't think it's the greatest song that the mamas have but they perform it well and they give it that energy and warmth that it that song really really requires look i, I feel a little sorry for dotter i will say um you know like she probably has got the slightly stronger song uh, probably a little more modern, incredibly unlucky for her. Couldn't have done more, I think, from her point. I yeah. think um, Australia was one of the international jurors, and Paul Clark, the creative director from Australia, said um, she didn't have a light, so light show. She was the light show. Yeah. And she got the 12 points from Australia, and I think she probably had the best overall package for Eurovision. I think at points, maybe her vocal wasn't as strong, let's say, as the Mummers. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it was a very good song, amazing staging, and I think it would have stood out. But hey, she she ended up losing by one point. And you know what? In a very open year, it came down to something like likability. Yeah, 
Possibly, possibly. I mean, we did say it was going to be close, but wow. <laughs> One point. Close. Yeah, wow. Right, let's run through some of the other contenders there. Uh, probably our favourite, Anna. She came fourth in the juries, fourth in the tally vote. Look, I think pretty much after the jury vote, she was out of the running. Yeah, it started well. We had 12 points from the very first juror, and then it just <laughs> it just went downhill from there. How, how was the French jury? <laughs> Couldn't even give her a point. How could you not give her how a point? How could you think that was one of the worst two songs in the competition? All right, we're going to go after that French pe- the, the <laughs> Frenchman. <laughs> yeah. uh, but look, she did a great performance. She could not have done any more. Exactly. Ultimately, that song and that style, we just have to admit that that's gone now. That's yeah. past us. The prime is over. We have to accept it now, Michael, and <laughs> it move was a on. Very, it was a very, you know, in, in inverted commas, Eurovision song to a lot of people. Yeah, so 2010s, early 2010s Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you're right. Maybe that as far as juries go, that's that's just not just not happening anymore. Still very solid, a great performance. And she, I mean, compared to from last year, a huge up to third place. It's yeah. fantastic. Terrific. Fourth place went to Hannah Farum with Brave. Third in the tally vote. Excellent, excellent tally vote score. And I thought a much improved performance from her uh, semi-final she's a star give her a song that's going to completely suit her and she will go to Eurovision she deserves to she's fantastic absolutely fifth was Anis Domdomino one of our <laughs> favourites we do like Anis he came sixth in the jury which probably no surprise it wasn't the biggest jury song but fifth in the tally vote was an excellent result I actually think sixth in the jury was actually really <laughs> strong I think he got 12 points from someone oh wow um, yeah so look Big fun, great big number. I will say I think his Anja Hansen um, performance was the best he did out of the three. Uh, he was a little bit more nervy tonight and didn't kind of let himself loose. But saying that, still a great way to end the show and a really strong performance, the best out of the Andre Hansen lot. Very true. The crowd loved it too. They were going off. Mm. Uh, sixth was a shock for me anyway. <laughs> Paul Ray were talking in my sleep. I was kind of asleep. No, I wasn't no, asleep. You I actually, like this, this has grown on me, this song. And um, look, look, it obviously went pretty strong in the juries and not so bad in the telly votes. Midfield so. and both. I must say, I was surprised how high it did actually end up finishing. Mm. But really solid performance. It was a contemporary song. And it spoke, you know, reasonably well to both jury and telly vote. And the last one we want to talk about, seventh place, went to Felix Sunman. Third in the juries. Mm. No surprise for us. We always thought he'd do pretty well in the juries, but yes. it was the tenth in the tally vote that uh, was a bit of the shocker. I thought it wouldn't. I didn't think it'd be good. I didn't think it'd be that bad. But you know what? It was still uh, a very strong jury song, and maybe it shows Sweden's changed its tack because I think a couple of years ago that song would have done a lot better with the tally vote. Sweden sniffed the wind, and the people of Swift sniffed the wind. Reminds me yeah. of Australia. Going all out with Kate Miller-Heidke. Different approach here, but people know when something's not working and Sweden are just as competitive as us and they've gone for something different. Yeah, I will totally, totally agree with that. But Melody Festival and over for another year. It was an excellent grand final, I thought. Oh, awesome as always. I love the opening act. It was so good. Such great musicality and Swedish humor. And overall, the 12 songs were really solid in the end. Again, we didn't have that ultra winner, but I liked how open it was. Exactly. It made it super I exciting. It, I thought it made it far more exciting than having a raging favorite. So yeah, well done. It was exactly. A really, really enthralling show and what a finish. All right. Well, we're going to move over to the neighbors now to Finland and UMK. The first time in a couple of years they've had... Uh, multiple artists competing for UMK, and we had a winner. It was Axel Kankanrata with Looking Back. Chasing the 
right, Michael. He won the jury quite comfortably. He finished second just behind the big fan favorite, Chichi Alina from Erica Vickman. Uh, what were your thoughts on the winner to start with? I really like this song. I really, really do. Um, we actually ranked the songs earlier in the week, and I ranked this one above Chichilina. I had this one at number two and Chichilina at number three. Look, this it's it's radio, it's jury bait. It's really easy listening to sort of, you know, playlist stuff as you're walking down the street as I was today, and it, it's a really good song, and he performs it really well. Another one I listened to on my headphones today from his live performance, and his vocal was fantastic absolutely spot on so Uh. he did well with the juries which is no surprise and you know what he wasn't that far behind in the tally vote so a bit like montaigne here in australia he deserves the ticket very much so totally tally vote was 30.9 percent to uh chichialina to 29.4 percent for looking back so look the finnish people basically said we like both songs Mm. and essentially the jury chose in the end this one had much more jury appeal, let's be honest. I do think Chichilina would have more broad televote appeal at Eurovision. However, yes. this is how the national final works. Um, he was the one male out of six that got through, um, but I don't think that had the, anything to play with it here. I think we just had a song that really matched the jury, and then people really went for American written by a uh, kind of a pop punk band from the 2010s, these McDonough brothers, and they made oh, up a, a band called Before You Exit. Mm-hmm. So they wrote the song along with another American artist, and you can kind of hear that, that is, it is, that's how contemporary it, is, contemporary it is. So, look, I love Chi Chi Alina. I guess we need to talk about that one because it was yes. quite, the, <laughs> quite the entry. <laughs> oh, she came out like a queen. She had two bears. Yep. Not the homosexual type, the actual like bears. Well, like, we don't know animals. who was in the suit today. Well, anyway. who knows? They could have been bears in bears. Um, but it was it was amazing. It was fantastic. It, was. it really would have stood out. But look, I understood. I never thought this had jury appeal. I was always worried about this not winning because that didn't really have jury appeal. Do you I, think they missed a, missed an opportunity though, Finland? I mean, this would have really stood out at Eurovision, whether you liked it or not. I personally think the songs as cheesy as hell. Um, but well, it comes down to the Finnish people because you're not asking European people to vote on this and essentially the European uh, the Finnish people said we rate this the same as the other yeah true now if this had won with 40% to 29% it'd be going to Rotterdam yeah so ultimately they didn't love it as much as the fans did and you've got to respect the Finnish people yeah true true very true speaking of jury scores I can't let it go bananas came second in the jury (laughs) now that is the one if you want to get upset about a jury score that's the one to get upset about that was ridiculous Uh, I mean I enjoyed it but that was not second place very good (laughs) good to see UMK is back with a variety of artists that works so much better than it did the couple of years where we just had one person I totally agree well done Finland now we're off to one of their Scandinavian neighbours, Denmark. They had Dansk Maledi Grand Prix, the grand final happened this morning, and it was the winner was Benantan with Yes. Well, performed behind closed doors due to the coronavirus, but uh, Ben and Tan ran away with it in the end. 61% of the tally vote, beating off Santa Sanchez with screens 20% and Emil with his Danish song mm. uh, 19%. So there was no doubt this was the winner.
it was always looking like one of our favourites from the start. It won one of the pre-qualifiers with a public vote, so it was tried and tested. It came out and it did a fantastic live performance, considering they were performing to no one. Mm. That's a hard thing to do. It's difficult, would be. A beautiful-looking stage. What wow. a shame. What a shame no one saw it. <laughs> I no, I thought the, the stage itself looked fantastic. Well done to the Danes for producing that. Totally. This Look, this song is great because I think it has some really broad jury and televote appeal. Mm-hmm. A really good, solid entry from Denmark. Um, they've pretty much made the final now 10 out of the last 12 years, and I think they're looking for another one here because... This looks like a really good entry, and I, it was always about seeing them on stage and them perform it. I think there's definitely improvements, yeah. but also I want to forgive them because that was a weird situation to perform in. So on the right track here, very happy with the winner. Yeah, likewise. It was the standout song of the selection, and it well and truly got the nod that it deserved. I'm really looking forward to seeing this in Rotterdam. It's got the anthemic bits to it where the crowd will get into it and sing along. Um, I think they're onto something good here, Denmark. I think they've got a very good result. If they do the staging correct and those kids keep the chemistry and uh, you know lift it up a little, it, it needs a gun, another gear to, to find its potential, but it's certainly there. Certainly then. Great start for them. I think that's a, a really good entry for Eurovision 2020. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to go down to Portugal now. The only non-Scandinavian um, in, uh, national final this morning for Festival de Cansao. Uh, we had a winner. It was Alisa with Medal de Sintir. All right, Michael, Elisa did a bit of a Jamala here, second place with the public and second place with the jury to win overall. What do you think of the song? Um, this was my favourite out of Festival de Canciao this year. I have to say, it's it's so very, very Portuguese. Uh, and, you know, that's normally not my kind of jam, but this one really worked. I think it's got... I felt like it had a very Ojadim feel to it, particularly in the start of the song, but it does build up into something more, mm, which mm. it needed. Um, for me, it's one of those ones... It's a It had Festival de Canciao winner on it, it written on it, but I don't know if it's a pan-European one. I don't know if the Europeans are going to get on board with this one. Do you think Portugal cares? Because I no, don't think no, they I don't. don't. <laughs> I feel like Portugal do Portugal, and if it does well, it does well. And they have to accept that. Yeah. I think last year with Conan, there was a bit of gnashing with teeth. It didn't do well. Um, but you know what? If you're going to go with something very unique in yourselves, sometimes it works. Marbellos Dois. Sometimes it flops. Conan Osiris. Exactly. And something that's just Portugal and the style of music they do it. It can be quite splitting. I like this a lot. I like her. I think it's very much in that realm of Ojadim. I think you're right. It does have a bit more of a build and something of a finish there. But I don't know if it touches touches me emotionally yeah. Yeah. as much as Ojadim did. I'll agree with that. So I just think it's nice and it's pleasant. I think it will definitely struggle to get out. Uh, interestingly, my favorite of the lot was Philippe, who won the jury really quite comfortably, really quite out there, interesting performance. Yeah, it's a very interesting cat. Yeah, totally. I think that may have stood out a little bit more, but I still think would have struggled. And on the other hand, the public winner, uh, Barbara, uh, who did the French-style song, mm. um, I think would have stood out again, but it was confusing to see Portuguese-French going on. 
Yeah, as much as the song was fine, and I know a lot of people loved it, it just didn't work for me. I just just was too confused. I'm sorry, I'm not having some sort of French song being sung in Portuguese to me. As the no, no, it just didn't work for me at all. I mean, you've spoken about this before with Zoe. Obviously, she was Austrian. She did a French song, but this was a meld of Portuguese and French, being very French. The staging was better this time, but overall, I think they could have worked with something there. However, the solid package of the lot was Elisa. Yep. Whether that's going to be solid for Europe, as you mentioned, is a whole nother factor. But yep. they've sent what they want to send. Portugal shrug their shoulders and say, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go on, have your pastel de nata and yeah, just exactly. move on with life. I, I love it. Exactly. All right, we're going to move on to another national final that was on earlier in the week. It was on Monday morning Australia time. So after our podcast last week, it was Serbia's Biavizia. And we had a winner, and it was no surprise to see Hurricane win with Hasta La Vista. Runaway winner, won the jury, won the public, won it in a canter. Was it ever in doubt? Never. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not saying it was a bad national final from Beovizia. I thought there were some pretty good songs there, but these ladies completely and utterly stood head and shoulders above the rest, really. Um, look, for me, this is a Eurovision song. I'm using the air quotes once again, but this is not in a particularly bad way. This will be one of the ones on the night where people having their parties will be like, yes, I love this. This is the sort of stuff I've been waiting for for Eurovision because we've got a few sort of ballads going on this year. We do. Not, not an awful, you know, not an overload of them, but this is going to bring the party. This is going to bring the, the verve. And I really enjoy the performance. The ladies are terrific performers as individuals mm. and as a trio. They're vocally brilliant. And, and I mean, I'm not particularly blown away by the song, but I think it's still very much good enough to uh, get a good result. The fact you enjoy it as a, as a bonus. Exactly. Because this exactly. is something you don't normally go for. Look, you mentioned the individuals here. Let's talk about it. We had Sanja Vucic. Um, she represented Serbia back in 2016, making the final in mm-hmm. Stockholm. Uh, we also have Ksenia Knezovic. She is a daughter of Kinez, who did Adio for Montenegro in 2015. Legend. A legend, and she's done amazing. And we have also the other one, <laughs> the, <laughs> the other Michelle one. of the group, <laughs> Destiny's Child Michelle. <laughs> no, she's probably great, fantastic. She just doesn't have a Eurovision um, experience before, mm. which is Ivana Nikovic. Now, the three of them are so professional. I was worried about this being a little bit messy. And you could just see that they have rehearsed the hell out of it. Mm. And they performed it so well. Good vocalists, good dancers. And that's hard to do together. And they do it really well. I love this song. I think it brings a... We use the term ethno-banger, which might be a bit Western way of looking at it. But it is. It's a Balkan ethno-banger. Very representative of the music in Serbia at the moment. And we have a banger that isn't going to be called a Fuego ripoff. Mm -hmm, It's going to be its own thing own it on the night and people could just enjoy it for what it is and i love that about it i think it could do rather well yeah i I agree i think it should do rather well and you're right it's just a good upbeat balkan pop song 
you know. I love it. Yeah, I think they're on to something fairly good here at Serbia. All right, let's move off to one of their near neighbours. Let's go to Romania. And we knew that Roxanne would be the performer, and she performed the her five songs, was it? I think it was five, uh, during the week. And we do have a winner. It's Alcohol You. Runaway winner with the jury and the tally vote on this one. It actually beat out Storm rather than Cherry Red. Mm. Cherry Red came third. Did you see the performance style? I actually didn't, but oh, I heard it wasn't the strongest. No effort whatsoever. <laughs> Zero Fs given. I'm telling you now, she barely moved. On a level of Muerdame from Spain last year. Oh, Maria was shaking at that. <laughs> Big time compared to compared to what Roxanne really was. Really, that she bad? Did, you could see oh, she wow. just didn't want. You just she, they had some dances and energy and stuff going on around her, but she basically shuffled her shoulders from side to side a couple of times, and that was it. It was like I'm not doing this song. Exactly. Yeah. Fair much, enough. Pretty much. Fair well, enough. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the fallen. We're here to talk about the winner. <laughs> what do you think of Alcohol Nuda? Oh, great, fantastic. Um, from the title, which I just think is so clever, and weirdly something that can really stand out for people to remember. They will resonate with this this song. Every young person has drunk has drunk dialed someone and messaged someone. <laughs> Not just young people, don't. Yeah, I've done it in the past. Don't get me wrong. After a couple of Jack Daniels or Midori illusions, it's definitely been a phone or a text. Um, and look, I think the song itself is contemporary. It works for her. She performs it really well. I'm a big fan of this. I think Romania's really bounced back. Hey, we've they were the never non qualifying, and they've had a couple of non qualifiers in a mm. row. I think they're onto something here, and I think as long as they perform and stage decently, they're through to the final with this. Yeah, I'll agree. Good modern contemporary ballad. This one mm. that suits the performer. The whole thing as a package works. I think she sells it. It suits her, and and I can see, I can see juries and audiences really going for this type of stuff. So I think they're onto something very good. I think they've picked the right song for the right performer in this occasion. And she is of legal age to drink alcohol. I was a little worried. She did look very young. Yes. I'm like, what is she smashing down these vodka cruises and then... <laughs> oh, Bucharest, text. you don't know what's happening in those parks. <laughs> exactly. But she is old enough to she drink. She is. She's 20, Dale. She's you 20. do need to have that as part of it, definitely, for sure. <laughs> then we're off to Israel, which, again, was similar to Romania, had uh, Eden perform four songs, I think it was, on this one. So let's have a listen to the winner. This is Iden Aleni with Feke Lebir. but absolutely stormed the tally vote Dar with 53% out of all the songs. So there was absolutely no doubting this one was what the public wanted. Oh, yeah. And look, it was written very much for her. There is a mix that you can hear of the Ethiopian roots that she has 
with this Middle Eastern sound of Israel as well. Now, she was only announced as the winner, what, maybe four weeks ago? Yeah, not even that. So you'd have to say that was written in that time because you didn't just happen to have an Ethiopian song (laughs) in your back pocket. Um, Same, one of the songwriters from Toy, uh, Doran, he's done a lot of the Israeli songs. Yes, he was one of the lyricists on this. Yep, Um, so he has a hand in it. And look, I, I really like the studio of this. Did I like the live? Yes. Did I love it? Maybe not. I love her. I think she's a great performer. She's a great singer. She learned these four songs in a a short amount of time and Mm. smashed them out. I think the staging of it and maybe the production of it has a lot of work to do, but it has a bones of a really strong entry. Um, I thought maybe, um, was it Roots? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was actually probably the, the standout on the night, but maybe because it was an overall package Fair probably enough, that, beforehand. That was the one that won the jury. So interesting. Yeah. Look, it is that fusion of Middle Eastern and her African uh, heritage that really stands out on this. The song is in English, Amharic, uh, which is the um, Ethiopian language, mm-hmm. uh, Hebrew, and then there's also imaginary used as well. So they've just made up some words in there. Oh, maybe. Fill in the spot style. Zena from Belarus could have used that as, her, <laughs> as one of her languages last it's, year. It's pretty much the majority of the song was in imaginary. But look, I'm going to agree with you. The, the real bones and the crux of a really good entry is here. I just think the song itself just needs that tightening. It needs a bit of revamp. That production is a little tinny and a little light. Um, and just give it a bit more depth, give it a bit more oomph, a bit more bass, and because she can sell it, this she is oh, a performer. She's fantastic. And if you, with the right with the right uh, choreography around her and the right song, I think she could really, really shine. Because I'm really impressed with her. Same. I think as it stands right now, you're looking at a potential non-qualifier. I agree. If you smash it, you're looking at a qualifier in a very tough semi-final. Remember? Yes, totally agree. But I'm impressed with her. Okay, that's it for the national finals for the yes, week. Yes, that was. But let's move on to the cavalcade of multiple <laughs> entries that we always get in the last week of Eurovision. Mm. We're going to start with Ireland here, um, our close friends, apparently. Um, is <laughs> Probably Les- won't be after this. Is <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Roy with Story of My Life. Well, Leslie has been living in New York for some time. She's married to a partner over there, female partner, which is important because there's a heavy LGBTIQ element of this. There is. And it's genuine this time from Ireland because we actually have someone from that queer community, (laughs) um, which is fantastic. She released an album back in 2008 produced by Max Martin. Since then, she's been doing a lot of songwriting. So she's not a hugely experienced performer, even though she isn't like a young performer. Um, but there's there's interesting um, bones to this song. What what do you think about this? Yeah, look, I mean, my initial reaction was, I mean, first of all, we've had a lot of hype come out of Ireland about how good this was going to be, and my initial reaction was, you didn't live up to any of the expectation whatsoever. Um, that's a little harsh because I don't think the song is actually that bad. Mm. Um, look, it's let's be honest. Let's mention the. Catty in the room, Katy Perry kind of sound to the song, but unfortunately not even a modern Katy Perry sound. Mm. It's a little bit 
Katy Perry, but you know, back catalogue kind of stuff. I would say this sounds very much Katy Perry anywhere from 2009 to 2013. Yeah. That sounds like one of her songs. Mm. Uh, like there's, you cannot deny it. If you don't think it sounds like that, yeah, come on. Go and listen to her albums again <laughs> from that time. Yeah, very much so. Look, one thing I always like about Ireland is they do pop. They don't try and, you know, they don't try and be arty and don't try and do experimental and all this sort of stuff. They just do pop music. Now, if that's the case, you're not trying a triple twisting backflip or whatever. Land it. You know, <laughs> at the moment, we can't do a backflip with a pike without landing almost on our heads here. It's, it's just missing the mark again from Ireland. And I don't understand how you could get kind of so close sometimes and yet still so far. And and there's not it's not a complete train wreck or disaster. This song, I think, it suits her. It feels genuine to her as far as the lyrics and everything go. But the actual sound of the song, you just you kind of throw your hands in the air and go, "What are you thinking, really?" Look, we definitely have liked songs that have a retro feel oh, and sure. even a dated feel. Like yep. let's not deny that. There is something about when you try and do something that is meant to be contemporary and is actually like not retro like if you've done a recent old school dated thing it's worse than doing retro 80s inspired 90s inspired even 2000s inspired might be okay 2010s no in that's tw- just dated or early 2010s into 2020s is just sounds like you're out of touch that's it's like not, your friend rocking retro. up with yeah that's not retro two years ago you know fashion wearing like mm. now it just doesn't work and it, it's even worse so look I like the effort. The, I agree with you on the build-up. Don't hype something if it's not going to be... Yeah. It's not going to be euphoria. Yeah, Why are you God. doing that? Island? Why even mention euphoria? I know. It's what ridiculous. a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. They've got the same problem with UK where they have this expectation that we were great and now we're coming back and it's Europe's fault. If this song doesn't do well, it's because of the song. I do think they can stage the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. I think they should make it more about her and Leslie and make it a little bit more rocky. That rocky element... Go for that bigger, yeah, and don't do the try and lose the Katy Perry because it's <laughs> dating the sound. It is a little, but there is still a road to qualification here. There is still a decent song. I think in it's here. a tough and a steep one, Dale. I'll be honest. I, I'm not saying it's completely dead in the water, no, because I actually don't think it's the worst song out there, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a tough road. And don't forget, I mean, there's a lot of young people who will look at this as going, "Oh, nostalgia." So there might be an element of that. We did see fans doing that this week. Because it's their younger Since when age. was 2012 nostalgia? Well, we're older, Michael. Remember that. <laughs> it just reminds you a little bit when Electro Velvet came out for 2015 and it was what should have been done in 2012 for the UK because of that sound was a few years later. Mm. It's just hyped badly and um, I'm worried. Look, I've got one last thing to say. She did, sort of, uh, she did uh, perform this on The Late Late Show. Uh, the live version of this, and let's be honest, I mean, I'll say she had in-ear problems or maybe an excuse, but didn't go well. I think the the probably the inexperience of performing for some time showed. I think she'll do a lot more rehearsal. I think she will end up nailing the vocal. Like, she pulled out a lot of it. Mm. I think she'll do a good job of it in the end because it was 70% there, but the 30% was, wasn't good. Mm. It was quite bad. But I think she can build on it. I think she will do a decent enough job. I have more of an issue with the song. To be yeah. honest, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because oh, uh, we really want you to do well, Island. We were, yeah, we, were, we had high hopes. All right, well, let's move on to Cyprus. Let's move on to Cyprus. We already know Sandro would be the performer. We now have his song. This is running. But I keep on running. I keep on running. I keep on running away. Now I keep on running. I keep on running. I don't want to fall. 
much to our delight, Dale. There is an Australian angle on this entry. Yes. Co-written by Alf Curie, who, of course, was involved in Australia Decides in 2019. Uh, he was actually had a couple of songs uh, being thrown out to the delegation. This one didn't really come about until Christmas time or the last month or so. Mm. Um, they have changed it up quite a bit in far as the production goes, as he was telling us in the interview that he did. But um, so great to see the uh, an, an Aussie songwriter in, uh, in Eurovision for a non-Australian song. Oh, fantastic. We should always remember that it's a song contest. Yeah. And to be a songwriter and get a song in there is such an achievement. Huge. So huge congratulations to Alfie there. You can tell the Alfie um, sound is in there. You can hear it in his vocal at points. But you can also sound it's been um, totally kind of changed and really well, uh, like, over, I don't want to say overly produced, but EDM, it's become a real club. I would call this a club track. And I think with the, that type of music, you don't know how it's going to tr- um, translate live until you see it. It could go in lots of different directions. I think there's a lot to do potentially live here. But I've got a big question mark over it. I like a lot of elements of it. I think it'll bring a party. But I really need to see it live before I really make up my mind on this. Yeah, it is. It's got that clubby EDM feel, hasn't it? Mm. Um, there's certainly a lot of dance breaks in it as well, which is very, you know, brand Cypress. So I expect a, a, quite <laughs> totally. a bit of dancing and, and choreography going on in Sandro's performance, I would dare say. But I'm going to agree. It's him that needs to lift this. Um, it is it is that EDM beat that goes along the entire time and there's not much variation. So for in order for it to stand out, he's going to need to bring it. He's going to need to either bring it vocally or with the performance aspect. So, you know, I think it's quite a solid song and mm. I think it's going to probably be, you know, in the middle of a lot of people's rankings, etc. But if you want to get that next step and jump out to people, then I think it comes with the live performance on this one. Indeed. All right. Well, let's move on now to Switzerland. It's Gion's Tears with... Répondez-moi. Well, he is from an Albanian heritage. His mother and father from Albania and Kosovo. Born in Switzerland. uh, Was a bit of a child star on reality show did the voice in France, did really well making the semi-finals there. And he's come out with a really interesting song here. A lot of fan talk about this. What are your feelings about it, Michael? Well, I guess my feelings are developing on this one, shall I say, <laughs> Dale, because I, I just it didn't really strike me when I first heard it. I thought, this is ultra sad boy sort of stuff coming up. And it was. Look, it's... It is growing on me. I do think it's a really nice composition. I do think he's a very interesting artist and brings a lot of interesting aspects to the song. I, I get this feeling it's a little pretentious, Dale. You know, I hate that's just what the feeling I get, you know. And ultimately, yeah, we kind of have dodged the bullet of a lot of sad boy songs in the national finals, and this one somehow snuck in as far as the internal solutions go. It is a quality song. I do think he's an interesting artist, but is it as good as a lot of people are hyping? I, I, I just, I'm not seeing it quite yet. I, my question, Mark, is less about this sad boy thing. He's not sitting behind a piano or strumming a guitar and doing that. This is really unique, and I totally disagree with you on that side of things. However, I do have a question, Mark, about... He's, he's got tears in his name. Anyway. <laughs> it's not sad boy. He's got tears, yeah, literally. Yeah, not what we're name. thinking of t- oh, sad boy. My question, Mark, is more about how this will translate live, and you're going to have to do amazing staging with this because the song goes with the video. 
Um, and that's a wonderful artistically shot video. And I get where you're coming from. There's a border on pretent- pretentiousness. Yes, to a point it does. But it's also very artistic. And artistic and pretentiousness kind of kind work of, hand in hand. Yeah, sometimes they do. Don't it's they? a fine line, isn't it? Mm. However, I think it's such a unique, interesting song. His voice is fantastic. I would love to see this perform just as well live as it is in the studio with some magical staging. And then, therefore, this can really stand out. And it can capture the public and it can capture the jury. I think there's a lot to work with here. It's potentially a contender or potentially something that is being hyped up by fans because you've got this video element to it. I always think of Sinek, A Matter of Time, totally different song. But that film clip works so well with it. City Lights to a point as well. Even last year with Grease. You can't judge on this meld of song and video clip together because that doesn't always come together live. I'm hoping it does, but you just don't know. Big question mark until I see the live performance. Yeah, yeah. It's a challenge to stage this one live and and get the impact that perhaps they're looking for. I definitely agree there's jury votes in here. Definitely. Mm. There's a lot of jury votes here. Is there mass public votes? Yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Not Fair entirely sure. I guess time enough. will tell. Time will tell. All right, let's move on to the host, Michael. Yes. Netherlands. Always much anticipation around the host entry. Let's. We already knew it was Jean-Gu. Let's have a listen to Jean-Gu McCroy and grow. Changing like the weather God knows I tried to hold it all together I'm getting older and it ain't what I thought selling this one dale first of all what an absolutely beautiful voice this guy has just the tones the lusciousness and the depth in this guy's range is beautiful absolutely beautiful the song itself doesn't have the bells and whistles perhaps of others um it builds slowly (laughs) glacially (laughs) quite slowly quite slowly but we kind of get there in the end and and i think the final minute or so it gets going and i think it really does he can then bring even more variety to what he can bring. And I think it really showcases him as a vocalist. And I like it. I'm not sure I love it, but I do like it. Very much a host entry, I think, here. <laughs> Quality artist doing a song that will give us some points here. Um, what I like about it is quite authentic to him. I really believe his lyrics and what he's saying. And it's just not, I'm going to showcase my voice. Yeah, It is a bit Sunday afternoon. Um, it's kind of song uh, at a nice jazz cafe situation or live performer and go wow what a voice what a mm. performer yeah uh, whether it's a 9 p.m in europe at eurovision type of song that's a different question also the guy's 26 uh he's having obviously a quarter life crisis here because <laughs> trust me mate when you get another decade then you can talk to me about growing old um but uh, look I, I like the sentiment behind it and, and i think it'll speak to people i think it will speak to people um, over many different ages because you can feel 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 and feel what he's saying in the song because growing old can mean anything. You could be turning 18, it could be turning 70. Absolutely. We all keep growing. We all keep evolving. Mm-hmm. So um, you're, you're right. I think that's got a message. I think it'll people. touch people. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a good so, solid host entry, that one. Indeed. All right. We're off to Bulgaria, the next one. One of the mm. big hitters, Bulgaria, long awaited, Victoria's song, and here it is. It's Tears Getting Sober. I'll forget what you 
get to start off on this one again, Dale. I'm going to say this is possibly the outstanding ballad of the entire competition. It's it's just absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. It's modern. It's contemporary. It's got this interesting production element to it, which gives it something different. And for me, what's striking also is the vocal that Victoria does. It's very gentle and it's very exposed. So there's not a lot of room for error come the live, but mm. at the same token, it gives it a massive vulnerability, which perhaps Bulgaria had been lacking a little bit of the past. I agree. They have felt very manufactured. I do think Bulgaria has also sniffed the wind of authenticity here mm. and delivered us a very well-manufactured uh, sentimental song. But saying that, I just adore it. I think it's been done so well, and I believe it. I do, I believe it. It's a really sentimental song. Um, I think it captures a contemporary feel of the ballad that you're getting at the moment. And I hate to say Billie Eilish, but that kind of when the party's over, but a much different version of it, combined with something that you could hear from old school movies of the 60s and the 50s Mm. there. And uh, I just feel, well, even Disney, like it's, it has a key change and it does a key change without being cheesy. It kind of acknowledges it and somehow manages to make it contemporary. It's, it's really interesting song. I think it's been so well put together and is absolutely adorable. Um, again, how this comes together live. Yes. If only have a studio, we have a video. Because once again, this video does go very, very well with the song and gives it the, yes. the whole feel of the whole package when we need to be on stage and, and so on maybe quite a large stage. We might have felt the Bulgaria like other people have felt Switzerland. Mm, so yes, I think true. we have to be really aware of that true. because this might just be our taste. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are liking Bulgaria. There's a lot to work with here. Definitely. And I think there's a lot of staging that potential here as well. Absolutely. Welcome back, Bulgaria. Mm. All right. So let's go to Austria now. Um, now, we knew Vincent Bueno was representing them. And we had the song announced this week and released. And it is Alive. Poor Austria. They're always in the shadow of they're always in the shadow of Germany. Let's let's face it, they're a bit like the New Zealand to Australia here. And they've managed to release a song that sounds like Germany like this year. It's not going well for them, is it? Um what do you think of this song? <laughs> I wouldn't have opened the segment with poor Austria. I think it Look, um in fairness, I think there's a kind of decent chorus in here, uh, with Alive. Um and that's about where it ends. <laughs> no, no. Look, unfortunately, I do feel the rest of the song lacks. It's almost like they have a mishmash of stuff to try and pad out the bits in between the chorus. And they're trying to be, oh, let's let's try this little bit and let's try that bit. And let's give a bit of variety here. Because I think he's a fairly talented performer who can, who has got a range of things he can do. Ultimately, the whole thing feels a little lightweight. And I think it's only exacerbated by the fact that Germany have produce something this year which is of a similar ilk probably yes. yeah but just a hell of a sight better and that's the unfortunate thing because i think this song isn't the worst no, and i think no. it would actually stand out and be a little bit better if we didn't have a germany saying that germany won't be in their semi-final mm. so there is still the potential to get through but then as soon as they match up against germany they are just gonna be 
light years away from it. And still at the same time, there's other songs that are kind of got this funky male solo thing going on, like a Czech Republic is I think mm. a lot stronger than this as well. But to be honest, from what I heard from some of his music previously, this is a lot better than I thought they were going to produce. Yeah. So it's not a completely lost cause. But it's not great. <laughs> yeah. I, I just fail to see where the points are going to come from. I can't see the jury loving it, and I can't see the tally vote going, oh, wow. So Look, ultimately, I just can't see where it's going. He can kind of dance. He's a performer. So yes. maybe if they do something amazing staging-wise. No. <laughs> that, anyway, is a, that is a reach, we, we will We'll save it for our individual podcast review on the country, All shall right. we? All right. While you're putting your shoulder back in after that reach. <laughs> We'll go to Greece, shall we, with Stefania and Supergirl. Dimitri Gontopoulos Arcade and a little bit of Sharon Vaughan thrown in there as well. This had the chops behind it. Uh, look, I'm going to start out. Look, it all happens for me. 25 seconds in, we hit the pre-chorus and the chorus. This song knows exactly what its strengths are and it milks it over and over again. As far as verses go, there's eight lines. That's it. The rest of it is just pre-chorus, chorus, there's a little bit of a bridge and some dancing. So I don't know, it's not exactly Bittersweet Symphony as far as, um, <laughs> you know, uh, lyrical strength goes, but it knows what it does. It's going to be pleasing to a lot of people. It's a it's a bop. It's a Greek bop, you yeah. know, and people will enjoy that. But in that lies also one of its biggest challenges. It's got a 17-year-old, barely just turned 17-year-old singer. They've got a lot of dancing to do. You've got to keep it on the right side of tasteful on this because there can't be any tamped kind of grinding and, you know, writhing and things like that. It's, it could be a fine line for Greece on this one as far as presentation goes. Totally. We've had a lot of young artists in the past. Um, I would say Stefania looks 17. Uh, she looks like she's in high school. The video is very high school. Um, she has performed in Junior Eurovision only a matter of years ago. Uh so I agree with you. I think they have to keep it very careful here. This doesn't. This isn't a mature song. It does sound like it's sung by a high school. It sounds high school. Hmm. Um, and I think you may as well keep it down that road. Keep it tasteful. Go for the family kind of tweeny, teeny market. Because this is not getting your, your gays love and fuego and la la love kind of area of med pop banger. No. This is a younger med pop banger going on. It has some good elements. It's something to work with here. But uh, it's it's like Junior Eurovision Plus. Yeah. But not quite... I, I, I felt it was quite junior in its, it's approach. It's an awkward slot, isn't it, for this thing? Just this whole package. In I between. don't know where to put it in. Well, we said that about Xena last year, and she mm. managed to actually nail it really quite well. Yeah. Um, and that was always tasteful. Yeah, no, it was. It yeah, was. She it was. dressed appropriately and danced appropriately, etc. Yeah. So it was, I don't think there was any issue there. Yeah, true. Yep. All right. Where are we off to for our final one there, Dale? Well, we're off to Georgia, and we have Torniki Kipiani performing Take Me As I Am.
Wow, this is a really interesting song. Yeah, got a very heavy rock sound here, combined with lyrics I would normally put to something of an Eastern pop cheesy factor. The kind of like speaking like an Englishman, dressing like an Italian, dancing like a Spanishman. It's it is a bit it is a bit cheesy, but you know what? You remember the lyrics? I think he's got a really good voice behind him. The two kind of have a weird mix together. But it's not a lost cause here for Georgia. There's elements I actually quite like about this, but I wouldn't say it's a top-notch quality song. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, this is this sort of music isn't my jam at all. I'll be the first to say that. My I, jam? Who yeah. says that? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, look, it's just... If there's something I can I can at least give him credit for, he's stuck true to himself as a performer and the style of vocal he does and the style of music he does, as much as it may not be my kind of thing. Good on him, he's stuck to that. You're right, I think the lyrics, I can kind of, I think I'm getting the message behind it about don't try and make me somebody else, I'm going to be who I am. Oh. He says singing in English. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, so there's something, there's a genuine factor I kind of feel about him there. And as we saw with Georgia last year, you know, with some decent staging, or whatever they can, they can elevate things. Yeah. So, I, you know, you're saying it's not a lost cause. I'm thinking it's pretty much is. But um, apart from that, you know, like there's not much more I can really say positive about it. Really. No, know. it's interesting, and I, I do see what you mean. Like the 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 message there. I do feel the fact that you're talking about the big five and the big nations of Europe in the song. They're all mentioned, and there's almost an element of, like, Georgia, we will do our own thing. Again, as you say, in English. But, like, Georgia do do their own thing. They are known for doing their own kind of weird thing. This is the first song in English since 2017. It's only two years, but at the same time, they felt like they were going very nationalistic there, and this feels a little bit in between. Yeah. There's almost a bridge to Europe here while still being themselves at the same time. So I'm interested to see where this goes and how they stage it. But yeah, um, a bit of potential guilty pleasure, I reckon, for some people on this song. Hmm. Fair enough. Not you, obviously. <laughs> no, I won't be guilty or pleasuring out of this one, that's for sure. Not okay, well, look, that's the, the all the songs we have right now. Now we know there's another five to come. North Macedonia will be releasing their song at any moment overnight. Mm, interesting. We have Senit, who's representing San Marino. We have a digital head-to-head national final of some sort uh, voting. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have Malta. Destiny will be releasing her song. Looking forward to that. Russia, um, little big, massive kind of um, stars this there. This could be the big wild card of the whole competition. This it, could, one. it could be amazing. It could be a massive mess. Who knows what's coming up? Duffy Freya could be yesterday's news once little big happened. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Russell Crowe might get on this one. <laughs> And then let's not go there. And um, <laughs> let's and Azerbaijan has um, Samira. Um, oh, for po- them as possibly well possibly Cleopatra the song apparently so mm. but let's wait and see so next week we'll have all the songs we'll know if there's any revamps the EBU are meeting on Tuesday I believe it might be or early in the week anyway mm-hmm. and they just have to submit their songs by then they could always come out much later that's correct as long as the songs are submitted to the EBU by that date they don't have to be publicly released mm-hmm. so as long as they're submitted by that date 
That's yep. all that matters. We know there's a Ukraine revamp. We know there's an Albania revamp, Czech and there's Republic. a few other ones going. Yes. Exactly. So okay, yep. we won't really know everything. Maybe by next week, but we'll see. Let's hopefully we do. We want to get the full deck and start sifting through them. And fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. A long episode, a long songs to get, a lot of songs to get through, but no more early Sunday mornings, Michael. Yes, let's enjoy the sleep-ins. All right. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you later. Wash your hands. And send toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>